Hello and welcome back to JCSC Podcast. Uh, back again, obviously, thanks for all the support again on episode two. The viewing numbers have been just as good as the first episode. Uh, and we're back again with Warren. And this week we've got Tom back again. So if you saw season one, you would have remembered him from uh, some of his brilliant stories about his time at Watford uh, with a suit, which is a brilliant, brilliant story. Uh, he's the manager at Hitchintown SCFC, I have to say. Can't say the other one otherwise it's going to cause a lot of beef and stuff like that, but we can't do that. But um, we're going to start off with a new question we're going to run, and I'll let Tom introduce himself before we get into it, and I'll let Warren do his intro as well. Sweet. So, hello, everyone. I'm back again. They let me back. Um, I am the manager of Hitchin Town SCFC, and we play in the Hitchin Sunday League Division 3. Bro. Uh, so we've got a running theme we're going to start for new guests and going forward. It's going to be your ultimate six-a-side team. So it's a pretty simple place. You can have past, present players, whoever you want, uh, but you have to include yourself in there. So you can have five others around yourself. I've got mine. We'll let Tom start it and he can kick it off. Okay, so six-a-side. Yes. Right, so we will play. We'll go for a, we'll go for a two-two-one. Okay. Uh, in goal, yeah, I'm gonna go for David Seaman. Yeah, Invincibles. I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Two defenders. Hmm. This is very tricky. Um, I'm gonna throw Vidic in there. Yeah. Thought he was uh, thought he was solid when he was in the Premier League. Partnered Ferdinand really well. Yeah, um, and I think they bought him for really cheap. If I'm not wrong. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. Not stupidly cheap. I so on the base of value. Yeah. Considering he, from what he was to the best, one of the best defenders in the Premier League history. Yeah. He gets the nods. Um, I would also go for. Oh, this is really hard. You throw me under the bus already. <laughs> Um, gonna go for Bobby Moore, okay. Cup World Cup winning team, only England team to ever do it. Captain on the side, although you know, there's not many highlight videos of him on YouTube. The uh, the credential speaks for himself, yeah. Um, so I put yeah, Bobby Moore at the back as well. Midfield, I play myself, yeah, Pulling and the then three. I would have. Hmm, so I'm more of a defensive player, so I'd like more of an attacking midfielder. So I would go for ooh. uh number ten. Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho. Yeah. The feet, the magic, tore teams to pieces on his own. So Speak for himself. Yeah. Uh and then up front. Uh, Thierry Henry, without a shadow of a doubt, he's my footballing idol. Um, so there's no no arguments there. And then other striker, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna try to go some, for someone that's not maybe mainstream or someone that you'd like. Everyone would pick. So I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm going to go for Raul. Reason being is that I believe he's not, he's one of, if not, Real Madrid's top goal scorers. Yeah. I'm not wrong. 
his goals, I think his goals to game ratio is mental. And as he was part of that team that won those sort of Champions Leagues, he led the line, captain the side, and he left such a massive legacy. I think he goes sort of under the radar a bit when people talk about sort of world-class strikers. I don't think he gets mentioned as much as he should, so I'd throw you on that. Pretty solid team, I like it. What did you go with? Well, mine. Okay, we'll go with mine. Uh, So in goal, I've got Rodrigo Seni. I don't know if any of you know who he was. The the goalkeeper that takes three kicks? Yeah, so I want a man who can do a bit of both. He can save it and then he's just going to ping it top pins sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've got Ramos at the back because I wanted a bit of a nasty person in there as well. I've got to admit, you've got to have that bit of dirtiness and six aside. Mm. I'll be done. Uh, in like the CDM role, I'm playing a 1 3 1. I'm having me as a bit of the uh, CDM. I haven't got the legs to play up front anymore. No, no, no I know that. Yeah, second time, <laughs> second time around the page of yard. I know that. So I'm having that. Uh, wide, I'm having Andre Arshavin. He was probably my football and idol as I was growing up. It was the reason I was number 23 at every club I played at. Uh, and obviously, a bit of a fact for Warren, he scored four at Anfield, if you don't remember that one. <laughs> oh, he's wearing a Liverpool top as well. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> uh, and then I have Messi on the other side. He was my other footballing idol growing up. And then I have Ronaldo, not Cristiano, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Brazil- like, oh, You cannot go about that man. I think uh, if you play FIFA as well, the bloke is unreal on FIFA. Absolute animal. Uh, and then Warren. Um, wow, have we got to include ourselves? Yeah, you've got to be in there somewhere. Uh, me as goalkeeper, then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, obviously, never played um, 11 aside, but uh, what was it? Probably four years ago, we won the six side title in Whitney for about three, four years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, defender. I said to you I wasn't going to put Van Dyke, but I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. For what he's done coming into Liverpool and can transforming it for us to be going up there to challenge kind of every year, unfortunately, obviously was injury at the moment, don't know, but he's just done it for us, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> um, midfield, Stevie G. Okay. One of the most talented footballers you'd probably see, but with unfortunately just didn't get the amount of trophies that he probably deserved with the, those most important goals he scored was unbelievable. Um, are we allowed the same player? The same player? The same player as in what, uh, obviously your team. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. If I've said someone, yeah, yeah, of course. Probably uh, Ronaldinho with him. Yeah. <laughs> Six just aside, he just, I just, I reckon he just ripped teams to shreds. Well, he's been I, doing it in prison, isn't he? I saw him doing that not there. I, I just been doing everything it. in prison. <laughs> Even Champions League when he was playing against Chelsea, yeah. he just taught the new one. Yeah. And how can from a, a player with the amount of skill, how can you do a perfect pass by turning your back? Yeah. So no oh actually I might play two at top. Two up top, yeah. Mm. That one's hard. 
probably Cristiano Ronaldo. It just yeah. he's done it for years now. So good, pacey, strength, Canada ball, Canada ball, just a a, a complete all rounder. And then second one. Used to always buy him on Football Manager. Or no, Championship Manager would have been. Championship yeah. Javier Saviola. Yeah. It was uh, um, at Barcelona. (laughs) He was probably one of the players I always watched as a kid. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Three different sides. Um, We'll put them up on the screen. Obviously, it'll be good for you guys to put your ones in there. It'll be interesting to see who comes up. Um, but we'll sort of move on to a bit of a different topic uh, to get the whole thing going. We're going to talk about, about the grassroots football uh, as such. And obviously Tom being involved within grassroots football, I think it's a good idea to sort of talk it up. And I think with everything that's happening, obviously COVID has now sort of come in and basically ruined a lot of the seasons. And I believe a lot of them down to basically national league level has all been null and void for the rest of the season now. Um uh, it feels a bit of an interesting topic and it'd be sort of interesting to hear your thoughts on it sort of being involved with football at that level and how it's having an impact on your season I mean it, it, first, first, first of all it, it's the right thing to do I won't get into the whole politics of you know why, why are we why are we at where are we uh, you know why we're where we're at, we're at uh, why are we where we're at so um, it's just it's just massively frustrating. So obviously, I've just started coaching first year. Um, we our team's gone from sort of the laughing stock to challenging for the title, and you know, sod's law, um, all this happens, um, and there's just not there's, there's a sense of a lack of direction moving forward. So obviously, we had the first lockdown. Um, and it was really hard for me personally to try and keep everyone engaged throughout that time because um, it's harder to, well, in my opinion, it's harder to, you know, exercise on your own um, in comparison to going out with your mates, going for a kickabout, etc. So it was quite hard in that sense. Um, mentally as well, obviously, you know, that's that's been quite a, a big big sort of thing during lockdown as well mentally keeping the boys all together um you know some of them you know they all they do is football uh, in terms of a college uh, occupation so that was quite hard uh, and then obviously to go back and have a massive weight off of your shoulders having something to look forward to in the week um and then as i say played a couple of games and then we're back here uh, it's just very frustrating and I feel sort of speak for everyone we sort of feel like we're being strung along um, so it would just be nice, I would rather them say now that they're going to cancel the season, they're going to null void the season um, just so that there's some sort of communication in place um, because when we got introduced back we were told on the Thursday that we had a game on the Sunday so we had no time to train we had no time to prepare the boys um, it was just right you're playing this time and then everyone it was sort of all systems go I mean luckily we've got quite a young side that keep in shape so it's good for us but it would have been nice to have got some training beforehand if that makes any sense No I completely agree with that and it's it's one of them things that like I say, you don't want to get involved in the politics side of things, and I completely agree it should be stopped. Um, 
but like I said, it's the lack of communication in a way that's been quite brought up. And I don't know if any of you guys know, obviously, Spencer, I think it's Spencer FC, you might understand it from the football YouTube side of things, but they're now doing quite well within the football pyramid. And I think he saw the, I saw the post of him on Twitter that the league's been cancelled and they have no actual plan. They're just not avoiding it. And obviously for them, I believe they're top of their league by quite some way. Should there not have been a plan put in place for this National League at such a level of going by the points per game system, which I believe is highly respected and a shout. And as another idea, they want to put last season's results and this season's together to come up with a league table. And it's they're literally just clutching at straws of ideas now of should this not have been thought about even after looking at what happened last season? Or did you do we go first or yeah, you crack on. <laughs> crack on. Um, at the end of the day, whatever they decide, someone's going to be a villain. Um, you know, for speaking about hashtags specifically, they've now been in this position twice. Where they're, I mean, you know, last year it was a lot tighter. But if we're being completely honest, we sort of all secretly knew that had it of been seen out they would have probably been promoted if the, unless they yeah. like something bad really bad happened so for them it's really hard but at the same time you know there's criticisms around all the debate and you know what should happen but if you are if you're actually asked the question directly your whole mindset towards it changes um so for example my league yeah, we're top of the league, we're in all the cups. We played a cup game against the team in the division above unbeaten. We beat them. Um, and then to be told potentially that it might be null and voided means that you know all the hard work that we put in pre-season training, because it's it, you know, we, we take it quite seriously. Um, you know, we're not just the team that turns up on a Sunday, you know, a group of mates. We we train like really hard, we try and make it as professional as we can. We try and give the boys some you know, prof- you know, professionalism in in the game to get them to experience, you know, what it's like and how how they should act, etc. So it, it's really frustrating. But as I say, you know, I have discussions with managers, league representatives, and you know, until you actually ask the question, what would you do, is when your whole perception of it changes. Mm. For me personally, you know, I would personally wait. And then scrap free season, and then just play throughout the summer. Yeah, mainly because then that you're not, you know, there's not that constant waiting when the vaccines rolled out, and it's when it's fully safe. If you carry on from where you left off, yeah. that means that there's football throughout the summer, um, especially with those conditions. That means it's less likely to be cancelled because of weather. Yeah, you know. So if I was asked, I would probably just carry on where we left off. But I understand it's not that easy. Warren, anything to add to? Uh, it's like anything, obviously, with the like, National League and everything like that, and obviously, if they were going to say it's obviously null and void, which they have, haven't they, now? Yeah. I believe in like, them leagues, it has been null and void. That, that, like, obviously, that high up in the league, it must be frustrating when you know you could obviously get promoted and from the National League to League Two, is obviously, it's massive. So it must be frustrating that, but it's obviously it's happened to every team in that league. But with grassroots, even I'm pretty sure Whitney District, they still haven't been told anything of what's happening. 
with virtually if it's been scrapped or if it's carrying on after they can return. But I, th I think I don't think anyone knows really at the moment. And I do agree with Tom. It's especially over the summer. If there's not like a major tournament of football, it's on the, in the summer. It's pretty boring for most people. So I'm sure they would gladly go and play through the summer to get out. Hmm. I think that's the aspect of like you're saying the getting outside. I think for a lot of people, like you said, Tom is this Sunday league level football is it's an escape for a lot of people. And obviously with people who have had mental health issues, etc. you have that one thing that is your passion. Obviously for like football is something that's passionate for me. It's that way to get out of it. And I think at the moment while things are in the situation they are, like you said there, if there's no major tournament, etc., is why can't that be a solution? But then it's also is that debate is, can you put the season on hold that the way it is? I mean, the way I see it is if they do play throughout the summer, they're giving, you know, if you're not playing on grass, you're giving opportunities for people like Astros, people who own Astros or, you know, that sort of surface and opportunities to gain some revenue throughout the summer. Yeah. Um, which could be a sort of added feature because I know, you know, for example, like your local Astro, you get five-a-side leagues, six-a-side leagues, you get like social bookings or whatever. If you have that Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, where you have that sort of extra revenue or guaranteed sort of use of the facilities, then, you know, then that way, um, you know, you can look at it from the angle of the, the funding that they receive from the government when they, if they do receive it, you know, it could be used for, for better things and rather not just sort of funding to keep it going. Um, gives opportunities for, as I say, for teams to, to sort of make up on lost time and, you know, get out and see everyone because that's that's what everyone's missing ultimately. Like, obviously, Charlie, when we spoke last time, I was doing a lot of one-to-ones. I've been asked by a lot of people to carry on doing one-to-ones, but obviously because of the situation, I don't feel comfortable in putting myself in that situation especially with another person in that situation, you know, purely for the fact that these are very uncertain times. So for me, when I look at it and balance it, there's less uh, negatives towards the summer sort of league. Um, the only thing is, is obviously the, you know, the delay of the league and picking up where you left off, but you can't change the results. So it seems the most don't want to say logical, but the, the, the best way for sort of everyone involved, like talking as a collective for everywhere in the country, just feel like it would be, you know, more of an effective way to use summer, which is, you know, traditionally off season and like other sports come into place. So I think things would be more useful, basically what I'm trying to say. Does it not also then bring up the aspect as a lot of, you've seen this season when the league got rushed back, just talking the Premier League example, is look at Liverpool, for example. The amount of players that are now suffering probably from burnout, getting injuries. Even I could say, from my opinion, Arsenal, look at Aubameyang this season. Personally, to me, he looks tired as hell. He's not been half the player because he hasn't had that break. If you sort of bring that down to this level, I know it's probably different. We're not, I'll say, your typical athletes that train 24-7, but you still have that aspect of, you're saying scrap, like taking away pre-season. Does that then not open up to the amount of injuries, etc., coming into that level as well? In the in the grassroots game, it, it's it's completely different hmm. because you know 
we're just we're all just normal people we don't we're not used to like our bodies aren't used to training yeah seven you know six seven days a week you know we're used to being at work you know so I don't think I don't for injuries wise no I don't think it will affect the grassroots level obviously you can see um you know covid injuries I mean look look at Villa the other night Villa played their their under 23 side against Liverpool yeah and then I think Liverpool the season before had to play their kids against Aston Villa yeah um so in terms of grassroots I don't think you see a rise in injuries um I think there's, there's more benefit, as I say, there's more benefits to it than not. But for an, for an elite level, then yeah, definitely. They would definitely, I mean, like, I know like um, the Bundesliga, they have like a winter break. Yeah. And that is purely for that reason, to give players an opportunity to spend time, spend time with their families, rest and recover. Yeah. Um, because it is, it is, it is ruining the game at the minute. You know, there's, just, I would say, I was going fast, there's the standard of the Premier League is not at where it normally is and you can definitely tell that there's some sort of decline in, in teams I mean others you know people have been using it effectively um, you know there's a lot of teams this year that are around the top six that aren't usually in the top six whereas you're seeing the likes of you know City Arsenal who are just sort of dropping down the table so it, it's affecting people in different ways yeah um, oh, I could be like the elite level is it is shown and it's it's one of them debates is obviously the winter break you put out the Bundesliga. I know the Premier League have implemented that, but I don't know if they've now scrapped that for this season because of the whole situation. It's it's hard to say, obviously, you bring in so many comparisons to it, but we're in a time that has never been seen before. Um and, I, and following on from last season, I don't know if the Premier League has a backup plan in case because uh, the case is obviously going up. I think it was 48 cases today. I think the figures just come up before we start recording this, but are we in a situation where potentially you're going to see a stoppage in the Premier League again? Do you think? Did you see the Sean Dyche um, interview when he? I think I don't know if it was uh, pre-match or post-match after the game, saying about would it be in the interest of uh, the whole country of getting all the Premiership players with the vaccine first so that um, they didn't have to keep wasting money on testing each week. I did see this, yeah. And I think you got a, quite a bit of uh, controversy back from it. Um, in my opinion, I <laughs> Premier League footballers, etc., footballers in general shouldn't be anywhere near the top of the list of getting the vaccine. Um, at the end of the day, the clubs have got the money to spend. They're making millions, and I think it's a bit of a different topic. But like Arsenal, who we've just took a loan out of 120 million, it, <laughs> it's a typical Arsenal thing. We always say this, but um, it, to me, I don't see why we should have to be in a situation where we're taking a 120 million pound loan out because of a club of our size, we're making millions anyway. Um, but like I said with the Sean Dyche thing, it's an interesting thing. I can see his point, I can. But it's not something I think should be at all. He, he did say <laughs> that um, he was saying about he doesn't think the the, uh, the players are more important than anyone else. He was just trying to put the financial situation, but obviously of what you just said, obviously it, it didn't go down too well 
it, I can understand why, but it would that would probably be a good idea for them so they don't have to keep spending that much money on testing each week. But obviously, with everyone's opinion, as <laughs> because everyone has an opinion, it's got to open up so many avenues. But realistically, on the testing side of things, how much is do you, is it costing them to do the testing? The testing must be. Well, if they're saying, what was it? We could buy a test for like two fifty, I think. Yeah, I think. Go to the boots or something, and you can get buy one for about one hundred and sixty or two hundred and fifty. I think I heard. Right. So, if you're looking, depending on what the quantity they're using them at, so they must be getting at least three three tests a week. So, when you look at over twenty. 20, uh, 20 teams in the Premier League. There's still quite a lot of money, but it's not going to be like that. Uh, they're not going to b- go bankrupt, are they? <laughs> sort of itchy. Joe, I'll say you're right. He's right in the sense of that is what the fan wants. However, obviously, I didn't know. I didn't realise he said that the bit after Warren, where he said that you know, I'm not saying players are more important at this moment in time. You know, let's let's be real. Let's talk the facts. The Premier League broadcasting rights go for six point five. Is it is it billion or more than that? Well, I think yeah. I think that's the last. Obviously, it was a long six point five billion. Yeah, that was the last figures I remember hearing. Um, and they would triple every year. They're going up the Yeah. Years. I mean, I mean, right. So, like, just take, take it. If you've dissected this year, you've got Sky, you've got BT, you've got Prime Video, yeah, uh, or Amazon. So, you've got more people buying into it every, each and every year. If there is a stoppage, if you, if, if you're being sort of one dimensional and looking at the Premier League, he's right. But if you look at the, the whole picture, there's, you know, like I would, you know, without sounding really, I know this is sound really stupid, but I would rather my nan have a vaccine before Albamian. Even though I want, even though I want Albamian to start scoring goals again, if I had to choose between who gets the vaccine, my Albamian or my nan, I'm obviously going to choose my nan. Yeah. <laughs> but then would it be one of those things is if the Premiership offered to buy the vaccine for their players. I don't think everyone, if they could get the stock in, I'm pretty sure no one would have qualms with that. But for saying we, uh, they can go in front of everyone else to be have the vaccine is, is stupid. I think, on the contrary, like you're saying, if they offered to buy for it, I think the problem you're then going to bring up is it's if you've got the money, you can, you can buy a vaccine. It's, you're not, you're going to bring up this whole comparison that, oh, well, I've got enough money, I can buy it myself. You got you got to have some form of structure in the way this is going to be dealt with, um, without going too much into this. I think we could do a whole episode about fucking COVID the way it's going. I think me and Thomas spoke about this potentially. It's about long, I think for this one because we could do it for a lot longer on there. Um, yeah, but and then people can just tap in and tap out when they want. Exactly, and I think when they get bored, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's bored of hearing the word COVID now. I think I was fed up hearing the word Brexit, but I think COVID's beat that. A long way now <laughs> but um i think for this week i think that's more than enough topics except i think i think tom might become a regular recurring guest on the show he's uh much loved on this end and i think everyone likes hearing his voice and his wonderful stories i think there's many more 
Yorkshire. More about Watford stories. <laughs> was, was it? Was it? What, what, was this the suit one or the David Goals? The uh, suit, suit one. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I rewatched. I, I rewatched the David Golds story. I, thought, I probably shouldn't have said that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't work. I don't work. I don't work for him anymore. And I, you know, I don't have a bad word to say about him. But I, I watched it and I was like, oh. But yeah, the suit, the suit one. Yeah, honestly, I've never felt more embarrassed yeah. in my life. And I think there's many stories, Tom. Uh, Thank you very much. This will be out on. Well, it'll be out on Friday. But I think we're going to do an Instagram live potentially before this comes out. So if you haven't seen it already, go back, go onto our Instagram, check it out. Tom's socials will be below. I'll have his coach, TJ. If you need a coach, I highly recommend Tom from playing football with him. One-to-one sessions will be much needed. I think I'll have to book in a few when I actually can again. <laughs> Good lads. Good lads. That's what we like. Um, obviously, for this week, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. See ya.